I'm here with Jay Top. Now, Jay is definitely one of the coolest people I've ever met. Uh, so let me introduce him and explain why. He's 22 years old from the Gold Coast, Australia. He's a digital nomad who stepped foot in 57 countries, a number that keeps growing and will likely equal the number of countries here on Earth. And so he calls himself a citizen of the world. He dropped out of school when he was 16, at a time when he started earning more than his teachers while helping his family scale their business. His agency, Lion Social, helped scale businesses from ideation to seven figures and has had a couple of great success stories. He's an excellent musician. On top of that, he's been working on a documentary on digital nomads living in the Arctic Circle, which releases later this year. And his mission is to play a meaningful role in the revolution of education. So that's why I think he's one of the coolest people I've ever met. And so, Jay, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. And I think, you know, you're one of the coolest guys other than that as well. So this is going to be a good call. Yeah, it's amazing how we met, right, through the power of the internet. It's just it's just incredible that you're across the oceans and we're still talking right now. And the fact that I've met you and we've had conversations before, uh, it's just such a pleasure to get to know you. Yeah, it's amazing. The possibilities now, we're all so connected and yeah, we're no longer limited to the people in our immediate geographical kind of location and we can connect with like-minded individuals from, yeah, every corner of the earth. It's, uh, it's super inspiring. Yeah, it definitely is. With that, let's dive straight in. Um, you're extraordinarily unconventional and you started off very young, rebelled with the cause at school, which I think is always a great sign. But I want to hear what you think is wrong with this whole system. And maybe how can more people escape it earlier on in their life, which is, let's say, high schoolers, without being sucked into this land of just following the instructions? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. Great question. I think it's, I think it's uh, challenging uh, for young people for, you know, it, it depends on the person, you know. It was challenging for me because I felt like my greatest gifts and my innate abilities and my biggest strengths were treated as like uh, behavioral issues. So the things that, you know, the things that I thought I was best at, the things, you know, my gift that I felt like I had to give the world, uh, my teachers saw as a behavior problem and something that needed to be punished. So it was extremely frustrating for me. Um, this, so yeah, what is, what is the problem? I, I think there's so many problems. Um, I think one of the problems is like the coercive nature of school, how, um, you know, the school system is trying to coerce or force children to be and act and live a certain way. Uh, I think uh, there's problems around like, you know, there's no outlet uh, to be creative or very limited outlet to be creative. Um, but if I, you know, if I was to break down the real problem, um, with the education system is that it's not being taught by people that are living inspired lives. It's being taught by people getting paid like a, a, a minimal government wage that have never really done anything meaningful with their lives for the, you know, that's extra, that's pretty harsh to say. And there's amazing teachers out there, but for the, for the majority of these people, they, they don't know what it lives, what it looks like to live an amazing inspired life. So how could they teach somebody to, to do so? Yeah. Yeah, I think school is very authoritarian as well. And the behavioral issues aspect, exactly. Uh, if if you're not following the rules in the system, you're deemed as someone who's having issues. There's a problem with you, not with the system, which is uh, 
sort of ironic right now. But then, yeah, so sometimes it's like you discover a new mode, a new method of thinking, which is different to the one you've always been uh, exposed to. And then you start questioning, right? Uh, you start questioning the things that you've normally been doing without questioning them. And all of a sudden, people are like, you know, now you're different. <laughs> you're uh, you're having behavioral issues, if you like. And so, yeah, another part of my question was that how can people who are in this system escape it, right? Oftentimes, like, people don't even know that they are being coerced upon and that they are in this uh, sort of non-freedom-like system. But... Uh, you know, they just take it for granted. They're like, yeah, that's just the way to live. That's just how it is. And they just accept it. But then, obviously, some don't. Uh, they uh, they question it. They do something different, like you. Like you, uh, dropped, like you dropped out of school when the moment you started earning more than your teachers. So that would be, yeah, that's something interesting to delve into yeah. as well. But then, yeah, maybe tell us how you... Uh, how you started developing these quote-unquote behavioral issues and what was the reason, what you think is the reason for your uh, non-obedience to the rules? <laughs> yeah, I think I was blessed because I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family and I think entrepreneurs are quite naturally uh, rebellious. Um, I think... Yeah, if you grow up as an entrepreneur, you you know you're going to be challenging, questioning that that is the that's the job of an entrepreneur. And I feel like anyway. So, I was in an interesting situation where my father would talk shit about the school system all the time, but still expected me to go. And he would put in these ideas in my head about how you know what a waste of time the school system is, how useless the teachers were. And then he would still punish me for if I acted on that information or if I, you know, so it was, it was quite an interesting dynamic because my parents like we weren't like weren't super sold on the school system, but they still expected me to like, you know, to get it done and, and to finish school and, and to still show up and give my, give my best. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, so I, I did quite well in primary school. Like I was, you know, the school captain in like the primary school captain and had all the badges and, and everything on, on the shirt. And then, yeah, once I got to a certain age, maybe around grade eight or nine, I just like, I was, yeah, I, I went to a stage where I got asked to leave. Um, well, I went, I was in, I found myself in three different schools inside of like the same calendar year. Um, I kept getting asked to leave schools and um, I made a decision that like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to find a different way. So I, I found myself in business anyway, uh, through other circumstances, financial challenges for my family. And I, I got into marketing and Facebook ads to try and, uh, try and find a solution there. And I was able to do a good job there and, you know, start earning money and, and yeah, grew, grew an online business. Um, and then, yeah, once I started, once I did my first $10,000 month in, in that business at 16, uh, I said, that's me, that's, that's me done. Uh, from school I'm, I'm earning more than my than more, more than my teachers so I, I don't think I need to be here anymore and my parents were satisfied with that so I think I think that's a great path for people to um to, to aim towards if you want to leave school uh, and you need to convince your parents um you know as essentially I feel like the purpose of school should be able to you know create uh self-sufficient individuals who can go and you know 
provide for themselves. So once you're able to do that, it's like, you don't need to be there anymore. That's yeah. Yeah. Can you describe how that shift was for you? Like, uh, you, you obviously were always influenced by your parents at home, you know, entrepreneurial family, like you say. And so you started earning with them. You started helping scale their own business. And then you sort of shifted towards creating your own uh, agency, which I believe is on social still. Yeah, it is. yeah. So, yeah, I was able to help them solve a problem in their business, uh, which is, you know, the problem of how do you acquire new new clients and customers, like, consistently. It's like the, the challenge of every small business, I guess. And so I was able to solve that for them. And naturally, they had a lot of business owner friends that, also wanted that problem solved. So I was able to go yeah. from doing it just for them to starting an agency and then doing it for many businesses in my local area to start with. And then as I grew, um, people all around Australia and, and now we've got clients uh, all around the world. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So maybe the number one rule uh, that you mentioned about, you know, marketing and uh, just having a good product, right? Uh, sort of what you embody. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. If you if you can like, yeah, if you can, you know, that's one of like the biggest things I think for young people if they want to live an empowered life and they want to leave school and live life on their own terms rather than having you know their pathway dictated to them by somebody else is like become more valuable, learn a high value skill because yeah, you know you essentially are the product. So you know how can you make yourself more valuable? You know, and essentially that's what university is trying to do for you, but just does very poorly. That's what school's trying to do, but very poorly. You know, people mm. go to university to become a lawyer or something like that. And well, I don't know how long's a law degree, maybe like six to eight years, depending on, you know, what sort of degree. And, you know, a great lawyer, uh, an like a really good lawyer might get charged out at, you know, what, $1,000 an hour. Um, but, you know, I haven't gone, I haven't gone to university. Um, I didn't do any of that, but I was able to earn, like learn high value skills where I'm able to charge consulting out at the same price. And um, yeah, so there's, 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 there's different ways. You don't have to do it that, that, that one way. Definitely. Uh, and so, yeah, you say that your mission is to play a meaningful role in the revolution of education, which I think is uh, pretty awesome and definitely overlaps to what I have in mind with what I want to do because, you know, for the reasons we've mentioned and perhaps many others, school isn't the best place for everyone to go, but it's still compulsory uh, in in many places for, you know, children to go to. And so uh, I was wondering, like, is this where it's come from or has the role of online learning and just virtual, making connections virtually, networking online, like making friends here. Is that what's been uh, a little bit of a motivator for you to sort of revolutionize education more? Or was it just your personal experience? Yeah, I think it was a few different things. Like I think our voids create our values. So if we have a void in our life, we, we, we tend to like value fixing that or, or solution to that. So I think... Um, you know, that initial void I had in, in high school definitely birthed it. But then there's been other factors like my agency works primarily in um, the coaching space, as in we, we work with online coaches to help them grow their businesses and 
Uh, so I get, so I've been a, in like the online coaching industry as a marketer for the last few years, and I've seen so many lives transformed, uh, and and people being able to like you know live whole new lives by by finding the right coach that could that can help them. And I had a, a great mentor walk into my life at the age of seventeen, and it's actually funny. I'm in Paris here at the moment, and I've just got to meet him in person for the first time. He, he's an Australian guy, but he's been living in Paris for the last few years. His, his girlfriend's from here. Uh, so he's been my mentor since I was 17, you know, and he, he just showed me a path I could model. He showed, he was doing the digital nomad thing. Yeah. Back, you know, 2015, um, and I met him in what, like 2017. So he's been doing the digital nomad thing for a long time. And yeah, that, you know, opportunity and how I saw that changed my life forever. Just one person in one moment in time, showing me a path I could model. You know, it's it's his his the biggest reason, probably one of the biggest reasons why I was here. I could confidently say that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Um, so I'd love to be able to give other people that opportunity. Amazing, yeah. Uh, I want to turn it to digital nomad now. So maybe for the people unfamiliar, just uh, who is a digital nomad, and tell us a bit about your documentary, which is all about digital nomads. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the digital nomads like quite a broad umbrella, but it's pretty much people who can who have won their geographical independence. So either they're working for another company or they've got their own business or they're a freelancer or something like that, and they don't need to be in a physical location to fulfill their service uh, or product. So some people, you know, choose to travel the world constantly. You know, move in place every week or every few weeks. Some people spend a whole year in a country before moving to the next, but it's, you know, it pretty much means you can work anywhere as long as you got Wi-Fi. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been doing the digital nomad thing on and off since I was 17. Um, so this is my third trip now and I've kind of got longer every time uh, with a couple of stints back home in between. And yeah, at the start of this year, I went to the Arctic Circle to the north of Norway and there was a co-working, co-living space there. Uh, where digital nomads were going and living in this little, uh, you know, little cabin in, at the bottom of this big fjord in the middle of winter. Uh, and I thought I had to go try that experience. So I went and did that, was blown away, had an amazing time and ended up filming a documentary of, yeah, called Digital North, uh, which talks all about, um, you know, people co-working digital nomads in unique locations like the arctic circle rather than the typical places like bali or, or thailand um where it's you know it's kind of more set up it's, it's a bit more of a friendly environment for digital nomads uh yeah yeah uh i think i saw you explain somewhere that bali is one of the worst places to be a digital nomad and uh you explained yeah. <laughs> headline yeah <laughs> like i think in some ways it's a great place to be digital nomad and you know i'd love to spend more time in bali but i you know yeah i believe travel is a, a powerful tool for personal transformation and you you have to get mm. outside of your comfort zone a little bit more to, to experience that transformation and chances are you you probably won't be forced too far out of your comfort zone as an australian in, in bali yeah like when i hear of the term digital nomad or someone who's attained their geographical independence, my mind would automatically conjure up images of a person working in front of the beach with their laptop and uh, watching the sun go down and, you know, this white sand and whatnot. And so places like Bali, Thailand, they 
they just shoot up. But you went to the Arctic Circle to challenge yourself, as you say, and and this perhaps displays your unconventionality again. And so, yeah, just how was it going to the Arctic Circle and living as a digital nomad, still working through your agency and uh, then filming a documentary? How was filming the documentary as well? Yeah, it was amazing, man. Like it was a shock. It was a, you know, it's far from, from home, from what I know. You know, I'm from the Gold Coast, Australia. It's like a surf town on the east coast of Australia with like pretty much no winter. Winter's like 18 degrees Celsius and sunny days and, and summer's like hot, you know, mid-30s for, for months on end. Um, so to go from that to, you know, some of the colder days were like negative 20 um, you know, you have to dig yourself out of the, the snow every morning to open the door. Uh, and I was surfing in the snow and I was you okay. know, swimming naked in the ice water. And it was, it was an amazing experience, man. Like it was far from everything, uh, I've, I've ever encountered before. And it was, yeah, it was an amazing opportunity to look at myself, to look at the world, to look at humanity through a completely different lens that I, I wouldn't have been afforded. I don't think anywhere else in the world. And to be able to bring a cameraman, my, my good friend, Dom, he's actually, he's here in Paris at the moment. He's not with me right now. He's, he's staying with a friend. Um, ben, we're, we're filming another project at the moment. Uh, but to bring him over there and, and to capture, um, you know, some of those experiences and put it in a piece that hopefully will inspire many other people uh, was, yeah, extremely meaningful. Yeah, uh, Digital North, your documentary, it's releasing later this year, which uh, I very much look forward to watching. And was it uh, the trip, so you went to the Arctic Circle, and was it after that that you thought, okay, I should create a film, a documentary, and uh, tell the story of all these people working in this space? Or was it that, you know, you'd uh, not set foot in the country, and just before you had this idea of um, it should be, making something here like i should be going and just starting and uh, exploring the space and creating documentary so what was it i was so i originally was just going to be there for like 40 days um okay. and i ended up spending like four and a half months there so about a month in i was like okay we got to create something here we gotta we gotta tell this story this is amazing um so then i flew dom out a couple months later and, and we wow. filmed together for about a month um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't go there planning to necessarily shoot a documentary. I was on that, like I've, I was starting to explore different ideas, um, around storytelling and, and, and creatively, um, like questioning, you know, like some, like, I don't know, just looking for other creative outlets apart from just lying social. Um, and then this seemed like the perfect opportunity to explore that. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just amazing, you know, when you look at all that. And so, like, it's really inspiring because right now I've been looking for uh, places to spend my travel time uh, in my gap year, which is in a couple of years. And so this thing is really inspiring when you think about uh, you mentioning not to go to the conventional places, looking for something even more challenging. Like, I do want that. So most people... You know, there there are these conventional locations that, you know, you go to Southeast Asia or Australia or uh, New Zealand. 
those kinds of places on your gap here and you find mm-hmm. similar travelers and tourists there so you can hang out with them but now i'm like yeah shall i shall i go to the arctic circle i don't know so that's pretty cool like i think southeast asia would be a challenge in itself but still thinking about it yeah man yeah you like you know, you go i go through stages where i want i want to be challenged in that way and sometimes i've got enough challenges on my plate and i don't need to be somewhere crazy um yeah you know yeah. so it's it's a cool mix but yeah i think a, a good mix man like yeah i think it's like australia is an amazing country new zealand's so beautiful um and southeast asia definitely has some challenging places to to, to be for sure mm. there's a lot of adventure to be had in southeast asia um but yeah i'm sure you'll work it out man just uh yeah go with an open mind and let let life lead you and you'll you'll end up in some amazing places for sure sure yeah um so yeah like you've traveled to 57 countries what was the most profound thing all this traveling has taught you i know it's often cumulative and like uh boiling it down to one thing is difficult because of the complementarities but just try your best to answer what's the most profound thing you've learned from traveling all this much yeah, great question. I think if I was to nut it down to like the, the, the like the key thing that like changed a lot for me from when I was like say your age to my age was I I grew up inside like I grew up I was raised in a Christian home uh, which I'm extremely grateful for. Um, but you know that comes along with like dogmatic, pretty black and white sort of thinking about the world and and yourself and just you know life in general. So that was probably the biggest thing that I've learned over the last few years was like transcending this black and white, yes or no, um, very straightforward way of seeing the world. You know, when I went, one of my first, uh, when I was eight, I did a trip when I was 17 for, for a couple months and that was amazing just to, you know, leave home and, uh, you know, have a bit of independence and do my own thing and overseas was pretty amazing. Uh, but then I went on a trip when I was 18 uh, for about 10 months and I started in, in, in the Middle East, actually in Palestine. Um, I thought I was staying in Israel, but it turns out my accommodation was in Palestine. I didn't check my booking too, too uh, tightly. And, you know, that experience there landing in the, the heart of this, like, just completely different world and all these different people with different values and ideas and, uh, a lot of conflict, but also a lot of beauty and love. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this world is not black and white. This is not straightforward. This is, uh, this is very gray. Uh, and I'm going to stop pretending like I know anything and I'm just going to seek to understand. Hmm. So was it like, um, you know, perhaps changing the way you think about your own religion? Was it, uh, more spiritual in a way? Cause I think just getting a mix of all these cultures can lead you to think that you know you were just in this spot that you were thinking about and there's such a big world uh beyond this this small view that you have and then all of a sudden like you start to realize that this is not the only way to think about the world perhaps it's like a wrong way or perhaps dogmatism isn't the way to go so how was it like uh just uh, I presume it would be a gradual change, like going through so many countries, but then again, sort of spontaneous. 
Yeah, man. It was, uh, yeah, I, I would say the changes were, they affected all, all pillars of my life from, you know, like spiritually, intellectually, um, you know, socially, how I viewed family. Um, yeah, it reconfigured my whole worldview over the course of a couple of years. And I think it, uh, yeah, it, it, it changed everything from the inside out, I think. And yeah, the more places I went, I think I discovered that who the idea of what a good life was and what it meant to live a good life because i think everyone wants to live a good life uh was so different depending on where i was and that um yeah that all morality um was very localized and uh it would be a shame like i didn't have to limit myself to a, a single morality of, of what people thought was right or wrong because it changes depending on what side of the line you're on. You can cross one little border and it's a, they got a completely different idea of the world and, and what you should do. So I thought, Hey, I should just decide for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So deciding for yourself, do you, do you look at these different viewpoints and cultures as uh, sort of relativistically uh, in the sense that, you know, they're right according to themselves or, they're just uh, being the way, so they have their own morality, we have our own, or were you like, you know, criticizing the uh, morality that other cultures have maybe, not in a bad way, because when we think about criticism, it's sort of in a good way, because you're criticizing to make progress, right? That's the only way we know how progress is made. If you're not criticizing, again, it's just being dogmatic and you're stuck in those uh, ideas. So what was happening when you were going to all these countries is that their different worldview, that that was clashing with the one you currently had in your mind. And so that was making you sort of rethink about some stuff that you've taken for granted. So you were criticizing, those ideas were criticizing your ideas. So we should say, kind of very fun and so yeah like how do you view these differences and such diversity across the world because i know it's like very beautiful and we humans uh we're sort of the only people uh, not not people we are the only animals to like yeah we are people but we like the only animals to show this extreme diversity when you look at uh other animals they're just like you know uh powered by instinct and they just do what whatever is written in their dna code and but we we have so many cultures so many different ideas and it's just amazing that there's so much of diversity just when you cross the border and uh, yeah like how do you view all of that like all this diversity do you take them relativistically uh do you criticize them have your own sort of moral compass guiding you yeah, I, I think I just, I thought it was beautiful to witness how other people, um, yeah, viewed the world and it, it was cool to have conversations um, about what people thought was, was a good life or a good way to live. And yeah, I just kind of like became a student and um, tried not to necessarily judge, but just seek to understand, you know, and, and um, yeah, and, and I guess what resulted was I was like, I think I just made a decision that everything was up for grabs. You know, every decision was open to criticism. Sorry, every idea was open to criticism. Uh, my own and theirs. And uh, that was exciting. And I just, yeah, I thought, I guess, you know, I've, I came to the conclusion that, you know, I was born, you know, into this world and I didn't choose my name, my country, 
my religion, my family. I didn't choose anything. So, you know, I'm under no obligation. I didn't choose to be here. I'm under no obligation to act or be a certain way. Um, I don't have to conform to any ideology. Let me just have my own experience and, and, and test and measure things for myself. And that's meant, you know, testing and challenging ideas in business, in uh, relating, in, yeah. you know, where to live geographically. Like it's just, man, I've got, you know, and I think that's what I see as maybe like one of the purposes of my life is just a challenge challenge convention and and uh mm. yeah i think that, that excites me yeah like when it's just in one aspect of your life when you're starting to question something when you're getting that unconventional mindset it's not it's not like it's not going to remain in that one aspect of your life it's just going to take up your whole life and you'll start questioning uh all things and maybe that's what you did when you uh traveled all these to all these different countries maybe it was wasn't very automatic and stuff but uh you were thinking differently about what you've been thinking about since the time you were born and so um uh, yeah it's just a curious thing like when you're unconventional one aspect it just it can't stick to the one aspect forever it's gonna <laughs> take away take over your whole life which is awesome yeah 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 no doubt everything's and how you do one thing is how you do everything so yeah the, the bit of curiosity and, and uh you know challenge kind of gets in there it kind of just finds its way into everything yeah yeah it's like yeah like that was great how you do one thing is how you do everything and it's like how you do everything uh is how you do one thing right the everything in the world will affect your worldview and your worldview will shape your world, right? <laughs> Everything in the world outside will be like the one inside your head. And the one inside your head would be everything you see, which is just a curious thing. So yeah, perspective really matters, I guess. And yeah, like what... So w when you think about home, the concept of home, uh, there's very different ways people describe home. One is like, you know home is where it's the where the people are where your people are uh some others would think uh no home is where you you've actually bought your house and you've created this home thing kind of thing and maybe for others it's like where your best food is or something like that and what is what is home to you as a digital nomad since maybe you perhaps don't stay at your uh quote unquote real home <laughs> where uh you've been born and brought up and stuff like that but yeah what what's what's your view of home how do you uh take home for yourself yeah that's a good question i don't know i think you know I, uh, the, one of my favorite quotes is um the world is my home yeah. every country a room in the house every city a platform for me to share my heart and soul uh, and I think it was, uh, I think it was Aristotle. I don't know. It was one of the ancient like Greek uh, philosophers used to say, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a man of Corinth. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a citizen of Rome. I'm a citizen of the world. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I think like if we can expand our idea of what can be a home, like, and, and instead of think so like locally about home um, and think, you know, and I think, you know, as we think bigger than our cities and think the size of our state, 
and think bigger than the size of our state and think the size of our country and think bigger than the size of our country and, and think about the whole world and then start thinking about, you know, our whole solar system or, you know, the whole, the whole universe. And I think the whole world, you know, I think in like hundreds of years time when we're traveling through space, it will be all right for the whole of earth to be our home. <laughs> I yeah. think that'll be, a, if somebody knows where you're from and you say I'm from earth, <laughs> that'll make sense. You won't have to be more specific than that. <laughs> for sure. And yeah, like when you think of home, it's like home is not something that earth is for us. Like you could call it home, but then uh, it's not just that, nature is something that's truly blissful right uh, sure the forests and stuff they look pretty and beaches they're amazing and nature has provided us with so much amazing stuff here on earth but it's also very lethal like when you think of tornadoes and all the natural disasters they're all natural they're all nature and uh yeah i mean that's a part of being at home right and so uh, what yeah. we've been doing is like home wasn't just given to us we humans have been making it our home. And so like, mm -hmm. yeah, the world, sure, it can be our home, but more than it being our home, it's that we're making the world our home. We're making the universe our home. So that's like an interesting concept where I think choices involved, like thinking of something as your home. And so, yeah, I, I always thought like it would be a curious thing to ask a digital nomad what their conception of home would be like. Cause uh, yeah, that's, great answer yeah and i think it's cool like yeah it's like in the past home was um yeah where you bought a house and where your network of friends and family and everything was but you know i think my network of of friends and family is scattered all around the world now and they're not just in one town in the world like um so i think that's that helps as well it's like all my all my friends and family are scattered all around the world and i'm making new friends all the time all around the world um yeah which is which is cool amazing yeah earlier you said that this was a third trip and you're joining from uh france here on this call so uh like how many countries do you visit during a single trip uh, how is it that you've gone to like 57 countries uh on three trips or have i misunderstood something yeah, well, yeah, fifty-seven countries over my whole life. Um, I traveled a bit, like a bit, like I've traveled a bit with my family when I was younger as well. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority, I would say, I traveled to maybe like eight countries with my family, and then I've done, you know, say fifty or forty-nine since I was like seventeen, sort of thing. Um, so my first, yeah, my first. Um, Sorry, my first trip was a couple of months and then the, the trip I did when I was like 18 um, for about 10 months, I, I hit many countries in that trip. I think I did something like 35 countries or maybe even like it was crazy the amount of countries I did in that one trip and I just went, I went insane. Um, I was going to like a, I was, I just wanted to see everything, experience it all. And I was going to like a new country. Like I was going to like two new countries a week, uh, especially like a lot of it was in Europe and North Africa and, uh, and the Middle East. So it's, they're very close to each other, these countries, you know? Um, so I smashed out a lot of countries that way. This trip's been different. Um, I've only done, I think 
this trip, I've been away from home for about 15 months. I've been, been away from Australia. Uh, I don't know if I can call it home anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe this is, I'm still used to calling it home. Um, and I've, I've only been to like three new countries in okay. the last 14 months. I've been returning to a lot of my favorite spots from that, that, that big trip. Um, but typically I, I like to try and stay in a place for at least two months at a time, but mm. I've been jumping around quite a bit lately. Um, just, yeah, I've had things to do and places to be. So I've been, I've been bouncing around too much and it's, it gets a bit uncomfortable when you move. It's, it's not so sustainable if you're changing places too often. I feel like two months is a good, good time frame for me anymore. I can do it, but I just, I feel a bit unsettled, you know, when you get out of a routine and it's, there's a lot more friction, um, just trying to get sorted all the time. Mm-hmm. yeah you, you go on a 10-month trip do you how, how do you plan for that how you plan for such a thing like visiting so many countries or do you plan or you do, really do you not plan, plan? you don't uh, plan okay <laughs> <laughs> all right i thought i was on for that trip i thought i was going to be gone for like um i thought i was going to be gone for about four or five weeks and it turned into yeah 10 months and i just kept extending wow. and i just i didn't want to go home um but for example and even this trip's been pretty unplanned like I'm supposed to be driving. I was supposed to be driving a car from the Netherlands to Morocco at the moment, um, but I changed the plan. My car got stolen, and okay. I couldn't register one. So I ended up just bailing, and now I'm in France, and I'm just going to chill in France for a while. <laughs> so plans change. But for next year, next year is going to be a lot, like a lot more relaxed for me. I um, I plan to spend the first half of the year in Mexico City like four or five months in Mexico city. And then I'll, um, I'll go to, we got a place, um, that we, we love to go to in the Greek islands and on the Island of Kithira. And we've booked a place there for like two months. So it'll be a bit slower next year, which would be nice. It's been a pretty big year of moving this year. Nice. Great. Yeah. I mean, taking it slow later on, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I love the no plan stuff. You just, it's the definition of a nomad, right? You just, going away just taking where the roof takes you and so pretty cool stuff so all this time i'm assuming you were working on your digital business on social and just scaling other people's stuff from there so that was helping you stay afloat yeah yeah so yeah i've been able to build a build a great business um yeah remotely um so yeah that's been a cool thing because you know a lot of people yeah, they can't, like, they feel like they have to choose between building a career and building a business or going traveling. And they have like this di- false dichotomy in their head where I feel mm-hmm. like you don't have to choose, but you can have both. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause like so many businesses right now, they're just completely online, right? And if you're doing something like that, sure, you can be at home or you could be uh, at another place, a coffee shop somewhere uh, in a different country. And, this this whole idea for digital nomad is just amazing. I'm really looking forward to your documentary, which is digital nomads in a rather unconventional place, the Arctic uh, Circle. So yeah, what are your next steps for it? Are, are you planning to release it on some big show like Netflix or something? Um, I know it's later this year. And how are you going? What are next steps for you? Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, I'll have to share after this, man. I'll, I've, I've got like a, a, a cut of the documentary. That's it's pretty close to the final cut. I'll, I'll let you have a, have a watch of it as long as you don't awesome. share it with anybody. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, the, the plan is we haven't like, we'll, we'll submit it to the film festivals in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, we're gonna gonna shop around and see, like we haven't chosen how we're gonna distribute it yet. Like uh, my goal and my hope for the film is just to have the biggest reach and, um, you know, have, you know, as many people inspired to, to live uh, an unconventional life and, and follow what's really in their heart rather than what they've been told they're supposed to do. So the more people that we can, you know, like inspire the better. And yeah, my steps from here, are I'm, I'm starting a, um, obviously building my business. I'm, I'm going to hang out in France, I think until uh, December. Uh, and then I might head back to Australia to see my mother and my uh, father for, for Christmas. They, uh, they've been missing me a bit. So I'll, uh, I'll go say hi to them and all my siblings. I'm one of seven kids, so I'll, I'll see them. And yeah, and for the next two months, yeah, focused on online social, um, building a team, um, slowly building the team out. And yeah, I'm also starting a, a new project. Uh, it's called An Education in the World. And we'll, we'll drop the first episode. It's going to be a YouTube series. And it's essentially following my journey um, of traveling the world and seeking my own education, my own self-determined, self-led education, seeking out mentors, teachers, uh, and knowledge for myself as I as I travel the world. So I'm really excited. We filmed the first episode of that in Holland a few days ago, and we're filming the second episode tomorrow morning in Paris. Um, so I'm, yeah, uh, I'm excited to share that with you. Yeah, that's very cool. Glad to know. But, uh, yeah, when are you coming to India? India definitely has to be one of the countries on your radar, isn't it? And do you have any broader goals with, that are related to revolutionizing education? Maybe anything planned as of yet uh, in the near future or not so near future? Or are you still going through the process of planning? Yeah, I really want to come to India. So I think, um, I, I, like, I feel like, India is going to be like an important part of, of, of my, of my story and my journey. Like I feel a, a strong call to spend some serious time in India. Um, I think it's got like such a rich history and so much, uh, I feel like there's a lot there for me. Um, so I, I actually feel like the year, like I feel like 2024, I'm going to like spend some solid time. In, I feel like like Mexico is definitely next year. Uh, I feel a strong call to spend a lot of time in Mexico and, and, and some other places in Central South America, but I feel like India 2024 for sure. So we'll have to, but we'll have to try and hang out before then, man. You'll have to, you'll have to, Definitely. you'll have to come over to, to Mexico or something. Or, um, yeah. And then you know, my, my goal, you know, like with this, you know, playing a meaningful role in the revolution of education. Um, I've got a few, yeah, incrementally making steps towards that and, if, if everything goes to plan, um, I'm going to launch uh, a little event, like a little three-day event, um, uh, maybe in like February next year um, for, for young people like you that, that want to, um, you know, live an inspired life, that want to master all areas of their life and they want to build a business around their unique gifts. Um, and, you know, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do like a three-day event and I'm going to bring together some of the biggest mentors that have played a role in my life and have helped me, you know, you know, live this, live this life and go on this path and yeah, put together an event. So I had this, obviously it's obviously just in the, in the stages at the moment planning, haven't got a date locked in yet, but um, yeah, that's going to be, I guess my first real step um, into, into creating, creating something. That sounds super awesome. Yeah. I would love to uh, check more on that and definitely great. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned a lot of, 
like you mentioned mentors a lot of times and like uh obviously on your search of knowledge you would have encountered different people and uh, i'm assuming you also read a lot of books and so you're an avid reader as well and so what are some books some people some mentors that have shaped your worldview shaped your life yeah for sure man i think it's cool to try and find great mentors in every area of your life that you kind of want to empower typically it's it's pretty rare that you'll find somebody who's empowered in all areas of their life mm. most people that are really empowered in one or two areas of their life will be quite disempowered in other areas it's kind of just like how humans work um so the what i'm trying to do is try and find different people that are empowered in different areas but i've some of the biggest mentors in my life the biggest one has probably been like dr um john d martini and you know he's like a polymath an amazing um an amazing man who's i feel like he is like a true master and is empowered in all areas of his life so he's been a huge part of my journey um and I'm, i spent time studying him most days he's got some amazing programs um my mentor ben like who i'm here to see in paris he's played a huge role in my journey as far as business go and, and even parts of like spirituality um he's been a huge role in that my father was a great mentor for me and you know the books like oh man it's it's there's been so many great books um i'd have to put together like a list of, of some of the greatest books that, that have really helped me on my journey i think some of just like the foundational like personal development stuff like the basics of personal development like jim Rohn, bob proctor dale carnegie um you know those like napoleon hill like those really like og sort of personal development books like they're basic but you know they're the foundations for a reason they, they really played a big role in my life um guys like osho osho was a big part of my journey and a lot of his books were amazing i'm a huge fan of osho um and you know like david Deutsch, the beginning of infinity i, I really picked that book up about 18 months ago i think um for the first time and slowly made my way through it with brett hall's series and i guess that's how we really connected on yeah. the beginning of infinity twitter <laughs> um and that yeah that book's been amazing like I, I think that really i don't think i ever grew intellectually so much um like in the, like apart from reading that book like it just yeah it changed my life for sure yeah same story for sure uh the beginning of infinity obviously has been profoundly impactful on my life. I've met so many people because of it. And just personally as well, it's totally carved my worldview, which was, which is completely different to the one I previously had before reading that book. So it's one book I recommend to everyone. And yeah, just before that, even the foundational personal development stuff, I've uh, read think and grow rich you know, how to win friends and influence people. I think those were very powerful. Then Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, so yeah, those are definitely, those classics are, of course, great to uh, read and go back to. So yeah. Yeah, so that's all I had for today. It's been wonderful chatting to you and doing this podcast. And yeah, looking forward to what you do next. Yeah, man, it's been, yeah, it's been so, so nice to chat and, yeah, I feel like we could chat forever about so many different things, but you know, it's, you know, it's been so nice getting to know you as well, man. And I think, oh, it's, it's, it gets me so excited for the future where there's young people like you 
um, taking radical responsibility for their own education that are inspired to live amazing lives, to solve, you know, valuable problems and, and to seek, to seek truth, to seek beauty. Like, um, yeah, man, you've got a, an amazing, exciting life ahead of you and, you know, no doubt you're going to change the world, man. And I'm, and I, I'm honored to, to know you and then to play, uh, yeah. And, and to see, and to be a part of the, like a small part of your journey. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so kind. Um, yeah, it was wonderful chatting. Uh, really enjoyed our time here and thanks so much again for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man.